Welcome to the latest word from the church at Severn Run. Our church is located in Severn, Maryland, and is easily accessible from anywhere in the D.C. Baltimore area. You can subscribe for regular updates or check in weekly for the latest information by using our website, severinrun.com. Thank you for visiting. And now, today's message. Next week, um, I am really excited. I I love what we're doing in the book of Matthew. I love the Word of God. Um, I love how the Word of God changes me. You know, there's a lot of different attitudes. When somebody says that, you can hear that. You can hear them say that in the sense that, oh man, they're, they're, they're right with it and, and, and they're in the groove of it and, and, and they're sort of like totally with the Word of God. I, I'm not totally with the Word of God. I'm totally under the Word of God and sometimes totally beaten up by the Word of God and, and sometimes, you know, radically corrected by the Word of God and, 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 and often radically loved by and encouraged by the Word of God. And, but it's in the Word of God that, that Jesus Christ gets revealed. And so I, I want to challenge you to recognize that a part of the loneliness that we experience in life is that we ignore the Word of God. God is working to reveal Himself to each and every one of us in, in powerful ways. Um, but in this broken world, we're going to hear a lot of other voices. In this broken world, our eyes can't see the full spectrum of, of light that God has. And, and we're going to need help. And the help is twofold. It's the Holy Spirit And it's the Holy Bible, the Word of God. So I just want to challenge you to read the Word of God. Do not let Satan keep you away from it because you're not a scholar, because you'll feel guilty. All that's garbage from hell. You need to let your heart be drawn to life and light and truth and freedom and grace and encouragement. Because here is a love letter that God has written to you um, to to draw you into all that your soul was created for. As we go through the book of Matthew, we're doing so believing that every word in the scripture is meaningful, full of meaning. And so we want to pay attention to every word in the Holy Bible, every word in scripture. It's all, it's all without error. It's all inspired. It's all there for a reason. And so this next week, we're going to be starting a, a, a new part of the series in Matthew. Um, and it's the Beatitudes, uh, which are the, the blessed are statements. And so we're going to do, um, you know, blessed at seven run, uh, and it's going to be a, a great, great series that we'll do for about the next nine weeks um, as we approach Easter. So if you want to get ahead, it's okay to, uh, to read ahead in Matthew 5 as we begin the Sermon on the Mount. Um, and, um, and again, I know that God will reveal himself to you. Well, I want to pray, and I want to jump into Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 through 25. And if you have a paper Bible, open it up. I have one of these. It has pages. Um, you, you can't go to the front, you know, and, and push a button electronically or highlight anything. It's old school. So I'm kicking it old school. If you have an electronic Bible, open it up or your phone, grab it, and, uh, and we'll turn in just a moment to Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 through 25. Well, let's pray. Father God, you are a God who surprises us with your love and your grace and your way all the time. We are not your master. We do not control you. We have no right to lay any claim on you. But we are your children that you have declared your love over. And we just want to to say today that we embrace your love. We accept your love. 
We ask your forgiveness for resisting your leadership in our lives, for being stubborn, for being rebellious, for going our own way and doing our own thing. We ask your, your forgiveness for God at times almost hating you. And we just want to declare, God, that we know that you are our true Father and that you are good and that, that you are here today to reveal yourself that we might know you. So, Father... Give us ears to hear and eyes to see and an open heart. In Jesus' name. And all God's people say, amen. So this morning, I, I want to just kind of share with you one main thing, and that is that, that if we live revealing, uh, we will live healing in, in our world. It's all about revelation. Again, the big grand scheme picture of things is that the kingdom of earth is a place of independence from the kingdom of heaven. And in declaring its independence, it severed all ties with the rule and the reign of God on planet earth. When we exercised our freedom um, along with Adam and Eve, and, and you can't blame them if you'd have been there, you'd have done the same thing. All of us. Um, and, and we tore the fabric of the universe in doing that. Because God is a God who will not force himself on us. He invites us to choose. And so we didn't have a choice until the kingdom of heaven invaded earth in the birth of Jesus. And in the life of Jesus, Jesus lived every day revealing the face of God, revealing the true heart of God against a law that religious people created and used to stone others and to judge others and to set themselves apart in dress and heart and attitude. And Jesus came face to face with, with us and our religion and he revealed the heart of God and he brought the kingdom of heaven and we killed him, except we couldn't. And on the third day, love rose again, and the kingdom of heaven only accelerated. And the Holy Spirit began to live inside of believers. Don't let the Holy Spirit scare you. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. And Jesus lives inside of us. And the book of Acts is the story of the, of the church just being the church, going out into the world and, and taking the message of the kingdom of heaven uh, to the world. And every time that that the kingdom of earth tried to squash out the planet, on the planet, you know, the, the message of the kingdom of heaven, it just spread like wildfire. And so we find ourselves today in the legacy of a long line of radical Christ followers who have seen the kingdom of heaven and believed and given their lives to it. And so, guys, when we live revealing this story, this grand message, there will be healing that flows through our lives into the lives of, of others. The scripture says Jesus went throughout Galilee. This is the beginning of his ministry. He's just called his first disciples just right before this. And it may sound, you know, pretty plain. Jesus went, you know, throughout Galilee. No, 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 no. You, you need to understand every word of scripture is meaningful, full of meaning infinitely full of meaning, like a diamond that you turn from every facet and, and see a new angle on it. So it is with Scripture. Jesus' going is Jesus, uh, you know, refusing to do what religion does, and that is to stay cloistered and back and, and elite on the mountain and for only a few. This is, this is grace going after brokenness in the world. And it's clearly God's intent for the kingdom of heaven to intentionally collide with the kingdoms of the earth. God is provoking a confrontation. 
But not like the confrontations that we see provoked on planet Earth, you know, not like road rage. This is grace intentionally bumping into the broken so that, so that the broken has a chance to be healed, so that the broken has a chance to choose to, to experience grace and, and, and all of its healing. I tell you today, the church is to be doing what Jesus did in John chapter 15 and following, all the way through John 17, it's the last night of Jesus' life, and, and, and we get a glimpse into all of Jesus' heart. And, and he says something in, in a prayer there, and, and then to the disciples, he says, In the same way the Father has sent me, so I send you. So, let that sink in for a moment. I'm not sending you in a dialed back, dumbed down way. In the exact same way that the Heavenly Father from eternity past sent me in a collision course into a broken world to reveal grace, I am sending you. Now, most of our responses is, I'm not enough. And, and, and I, I'm sinful. And all those things are true in my case, and, and, and I know in yours as well, and, and a thousand more. But the point of a life that has been filled with Jesus is that it's not about us anymore. And that the subject of our life is not self, but it's Jesus. And so our sentences should not begin with I. What should they begin with? Okay, guys, I know that like we braved 38 degree below zero weather, you know. And I know that everybody except you Minnesotans, uh, you know, think this is just crazy, but um, you got to work with me here. The subject of our sentences should start with what? Jesus. Jesus. And so, so the fact that we are inadequate is irrelevant because Jesus isn't, and He lives inside of us. And so in the same way that the Father has sent me, I send you into the world. Now we are sent out to, to take grace to, to the broken. So we... we we live in redeeming Christ-revealing ways as, as imperfect people. You, you know, Jesus was very, very consistent. Um, Jesus did not only say go, he lived go. And, and if you look at the Jesus ministry throughout the scriptures, um, Jesus is always moving. You know, he's always going. He's always uh, encountering lost and broken people. He, he never sets up camp and stays in one place a real long time. And and there are people sometimes who are begging Jesus to stay. And he says, no, I, I, I've got to go other places. There are other broken people who haven't had the chance. And in one of the strangest stories in all of Scripture, Jesus encounters this, this um, demon-possessed guy who's living in um, a, a graveyard, breaking chains in his life, uh, you know, breaking chains and, and that, that people are trying to control him with. And, and Jesus has one encounter with this man, one encounter, probably one hour and, and Jesus sets him free. And, and everybody is amazed that he's sitting clothed in, in his right mind. And, and, and in this one encounter with Jesus, the man says, hey, Jesus, let me come and, and, and be with you and follow you. And Jesus says, no, I'm not going to let you do that. I want you to go into the region of the Decapolis, the ten cities, and I want you to tell them what great things God has done for you. And I want you to think this thing through. There are no Bibles yet, Old Testament, New Testament will be written, even the first book, for another 40 to, to 60 years. Um, there are no churches at this point. You know, there's only the, the, the Jesus group that's around Jesus. And so Jesus sends him out based on one experience. Now, how does that compare to you and I refusing to go out because we don't know enough after having heard hundreds of sermons or read 
books or, or read the scriptures over and over and over again. It just doesn't compute, does it? One encounter with Jesus translated into a lifetime of sharing grace with the broken. Church, we've got no excuse. You, you say you don't know enough. Well, okay, two things I've got to say. Again, learn something and go, <laughs> you know? Um, that's like saying I'm hungry and refusing to eat. Okay, eat. And, and then, you know, the church that will not go is not a church. And we cannot be the authentic church of Jesus Christ um, without going as Jesus went. Serving the kingdom of heaven's interests, not our own. So Jesus went throughout Galilee. He's, he's going, he's encountering people. He taught in their synagogues. Revelation, teaching new things that people had not heard before. Jesus taught as one with authority. His words didn't sound like the religious words that, that, that were spoken uh, without passion and, and with law and, 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 and legalism. Um, you know, his words were alive with the breath of God. And, and he taught in their synagogues. He preached the good news of the kingdom. And he healed every disease and sickness among the people. It's all about revelation. For something to be revealed, something had to be hidden. And in the kingdom of, of the earth, the truth about Jesus is hidden in plain sight. And the reason is, uh, 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 tells us the, the truth. It says that the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. You can be standing before the most awesome sight in the world. For me, the mountains are inspiring. Any mountain people here? How many of y'all are beach people? How many of y'all are couch people? You know... You'll watch it in high def and be satisfied and save the money, you know? All right, there you go. The mountains inspire me to get on a mountaintop and, and to sit down and to, to just to watch, you know, at times I've been able to see the eagles soar below me where I've been above the tree line. And it's just inspiring to see, you know, just God's creation. And then to look up into the night sky. And as we talked about last week, to see the stars so clearly in Africa one night, walking through a village where there was zero light. I'm stumbling through a village, actually. I, I've never seen the stars as bright and as close. There was no light for 50 miles <laughs> anywhere around. And the stars were glorious. And according to Psalm 147:4, my Jesus has, has named each one of them. And yet we live completely unaware of it all because the God of this age has blinded us and we can't see. So it can all be right there in front of you, the mountaintop, the stars, the sky, the most inspiring sunset ever, but if you're blind, it makes no difference. It's all about revelation. I want you to see how easy it is to miss Jesus. I want you just to remember that Jesus was the Son of God, right? Wow, Pastor Drew, that's really profound. No, he, he was. He was, he was God with God. He was, he was the third person of the Trinity. He, um, he, Jesus was all of eternity in flesh. And yet as he walked through earth, how many people saw him? How many people stood face to face with Jesus? Just picture one scene of the Pharisees. Here's the Pharisees standing face to face with Jesus, and they're arguing with God about God. Jesus was there to reveal the Father, and yet the blindness is pervasive in, 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 in our world and, and, and in us. 
And so our job is to help people see the ultimate reality of the kingdom of heaven so they can choose love if they want it. And as we love and as we go and as we offer grace to the broken, there is a revelation that occurs. There's a movement of the, of the heart. There's a work of the Holy Spirit. There's a healing of the, of the eyes of the soul that people begin to get a glimpse of maybe there is hope. Maybe there is something to Jesus. Maybe it's not all dead religion. Maybe, maybe this is what ultimate reality is about. And there is usually a war in the soul um, on the way to committing your life to Christ. But it's this process of re- revealing and believing that, that results in the salvation that, that translates a person from the kingdom of the earth and into the kingdom of heaven forever and ever and ever. And our job on planet earth is to go and to live revealing. And, and when we live revealing, we will live being a part of the healing of God for planet earth because God hasn't just given up on planet earth. He's here to, to redeem and to bring into his kingdom. And so here's the, here's the deal. Some ugly lie is behind every rejection of Jesus. I talked to a, a, a person um, and, and um, they are really far from God right now. And, and actually, like on a scale of 1 to 10, they're probably like a negative 5 in terms of, of their openness to, the, to, to Jesus. Because when they were young, some church members... Um, told them that they would never go to heaven because um, their parents were not married when she was conceived. And so, for her, any thought about Jesus or church is, is a thought about going to hell. Wow, that's a, a great thing to have planted in somebody's head. It's a lie. And it's an ugly lie, right? And the truth is, everybody who is rejecting Jesus is is blinded by some ugly lie. And our privilege is to live a, a life of beautiful grace that reveals the lie for what it is. It's a lie. Our privilege is to consistently and persistently go after people, loving them, even in all our imperfection, but, but, but loving them and, and revealing grace to them, living selflessly with them so that so that. The truth of Jesus is revealed, and they have a choice to choose. Listen carefully. I am pro-choice. I think everybody should have the opportunity to choose Jesus. And if we don't go, they don't have that choice to choose, not in the same way. Again, I'm a believer because somebody went after me. Several somebodies went after me. A little nobody kid, child of an alcoholic, a kid, you know, basically just kind of floating, uh, you know, invisible through school, But there were believers who noticed and went after. And the lie of hell got revealed as as the grace of Jesus was revealed progressively in my life until I finally couldn't deny it anymore. And I said, either Jesus is real or nothing is. So think of a person right now, you know, who's far from God. And ask the Father to show you what's the lie behind their distance. See, guys, we have to communicate clearly that the issue is Jesus. And Jesus' message is not just one of lovey-dovey, you know, uh, inclusiveness and just come to church and you're okay. No, no, no. Jesus' message to us is that the only way out of the kingdom of earth is to die on a cross and to be resurrected as he was. His message is repent for the kingdom of heaven is near in Matthew 4, 17. 
meaning Jesus offers us a chance to turn away from our independence and our sin, our life in the dark, and to accept the gift of love and life in the light. And we can be forgiven through a life-changing faith in Him. That's the message. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to work for it. We just have to receive it as, as, a, as a gift. And so Jesus healed every disease and every sickness. Isaiah 53.4, not 54.4, but Isaiah 53.4 um, is a subject of, of much, and I realize believers in the kingdom will disagree on this. I want to introduce a really radical concept in the kingdom of Christians and in, in the Christian community. We can disagree with each other without, without attacking each other. Hey, it's a concept. I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there. It's possible for us to disagree agreeably. Did you know that? This means yes, this means no. Guys, Christians have been stoning each other for centuries over this stuff. And I'm just telling you, you don't have to vilify and attack people who think differently than you. You can actually love them and, and just like be humble and, and let Jesus sort it out in the end. It's okay, but, but you need to think through and believe Scripture because we're going to give an account. I believe with all my heart that the meaning of Jesus' healing ministry is, has been mis, misunderstood by a lot of, of the Christian church. Jesus healed to validate the fact that he was the very Son of God, the ultimate God revealed her. Many people have come after Jesus claiming to be new revelations of God. Joseph Smith, Muhammad, a bunch of other people have come along and saying, I am the next new revelation of God. But nobody has ever done what Jesus did. The healing ministry of Jesus was about authentication. It was about validation. It, it was signs of something. That's why the book of John talks about the, uh, the miracles of Jesus as simeons, as signs. A sign always points beyond itself. The sign is never the point. When I'm driving on 295 to go to the city of Baltimore, um, I don't stop at the tall vertical sign on the right on 295. You know what I'm talking about? The big post? I don't pull over on 295 and say, I'm here. You know, wow, 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 man, Baltimore, there's not much here. Wow. Baltimore's kind of boring. There's just this word, you know, Baltimore. No, 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 it's a sign. Hey, keep going, it's up there. This isn't the thing. Same, I believe, is true with the, the healings of, of Jesus. The healings are not the point. Just as like the feeding of the 5,000 wasn't the point. The point wasn't to feed people's bellies for uh, an afternoon. It was to be revealed that Jesus was the bread of life. And so, so, the reality is, Jesus healed to show that he had the power that was from God. He raised the, the dead in Lazarus to show, and, and, and Jairus' daughter to show that he was the resurrection and the life. No one else has ever done that. No one else has ever healed like he did. No one else has ever brought dead people back to life. No one else has ever come back to life. All of these things were demonstrations of power that you and I might be, um, you know, secure in our decision to believe Jesus Christ is, is the only Savior of planet Earth because of what He did. And so Jesus did not come to, to extend life on the kingdom of Earth. There are people who teach that, that this message, Jesus bore our diseases, means that we should never be sick. If we have enough faith, that we'll be healed. If that is true, why, why do those people die? You know? Some faith healer on TV who just tells you if you have enough faith, you're going to be healed. Why am I going to be attending his funeral or somebody else? Why is he going to have a funeral? 
What happened? Is faith fail? No. What happened is that, and again, hear me clearly, does God heal on planet Earth? You bet he does. Absolutely he does. But he does when he chooses and, and to what's to his glory, and then even those who are healed are going to die again. So let's get ready for the big deal, which is the healing of the soul. You know, when my family's sick, do I ask for healing? You bet. Has God, you know, at times, you bet. But the healing is not the point. God did not send his son Jesus to extend life in, in the kingdom of earth. He came to give us the, the healing of the soul that, that brings us into the kingdom of heaven forever and ever and ever. And so the point of temporary physical healing is permanent spiritual healing. Jesus alone is the answer to the, the mystery of this broken world. And, and, and when you and I live revealing Jesus, we are going to live bringing that same healing of Jesus into people's lives. As we love them, we're going to bring hope and compassion. As we walk alongside of somebody and help them to see the lies that they're believing, uh, we're going to bring freedom and grace. We, we walk uh, along a person and, and, and we share the, the beautiful love of heaven. Then they get healed of their depression. There, there is the healing of the brokenness of, of the woman who lets man after man after man into her life because she's, she's so insecure and so broken that she's just looking for somebody to save her. No, there is a man who will save you. His name is Jesus. And when we live revealing that, she gets healed and whole and discovers that she is a beautiful, sinless, forgiven daughter of the king. Guys, the church, when it is right, is the most beautiful and amazing thing that planet Earth has ever seen. The church is the hope of the world. There is no plan B. And when the church is living as the church, when it is not critical, no believer led by the Holy Spirit will ever tear down the testimony of another believer, ever. And anybody who tears down the testimony of another believer is speaking by the spirit of hell, not the spirit of heaven. When the church gets it right, when we live in the fruit of the Holy Spirit, when we live revealing Jesus, then the healing of grace flows through marriages, it flows through the human heart, it flows through families, it flows through broken lives, it flows through addictions, it flows through the generation. My family has been healed of a generational alcoholism and, and just ugliness that, that was present for generations. But this generation has been changed by Jesus. Guys, you can live your life bringing more brokenness into the world you can live in self-pity, you can live in anger, you can live in, in your own ego. You can live out your sad story apart from God, declaring your independence and your unbelief. Or you can live not bringing new brokenness into other people's life. You can live bringing the healing of Jesus into your family, into your marriage, into your children's and grandchildren's and their children's lives. Guys, that's the path we're going to walk. Just to wrap up, large crowds followed Jesus. <laughs> the scripture just tells us that, that, that as he did this, um, that news about him spread all over Syria and people brought to him all those who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon possessed, those having seizures, the paralyzed, and he healed them all. There is healing in the name of Jesus and the life of Jesus. And it is the healing that lasts forever. 
that God is, is interested in first. And large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the regions across the Jordan followed Jesus. Wherever Jesus was revealed, there were crowds. People are supernaturally attracted to the authenticity of Jesus. And who Jesus was in his world is who we're to be in, his, in our world. I believe with all of my heart that the only way a church can fail to attract a crowd is to fail to reveal Jesus. Because when you read the scriptures, wherever Jesus was, there were crowds. He had to work to get away from them, to be alone, to be with God. Something supernatural about Jesus. And, and I want to ask you, why is that missing from the modern church? I believe, again, with all my heart, the only way a church can fail to, to attract crowds and to be in its world, what Jesus was um, to his world, is that we're simply not revealing Jesus. But that if we will go and reveal and live healing lives, colliding with the brokenness of our world, I believe with all my heart that, that we, can reach, we can reach our generation and accomplish God's purpose in his kingdom. It's my belief that we are called as a church, um, beginning with our, our connect groups, to, to go into the city of Baltimore uh, and for each of our connect groups to have a, an ongoing relationship with a church plant or, a, or a, you know, some extremely Jesus-revealing ministry. And, and in an ongoing way, that that small community of people will be living, developing relationships and supporting um, the light pushing back the darkness. Guys, Jesus fed 5,000 in one day. Are you telling me that what Jesus did then, he can't do in the church today? That we, we can't reach 5,000? I believe it's quite likely that, that, that many churches won't reach 5,000. But the only way that is ever possible is simply that they're not revealing Jesus. And I believe that's a sin. And pick another number if you want to, but... But it's not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come. God loves every son and every daughter. And we have to go. We have to die to ourselves and live revealing. So, wrap it up with this. How do we live this part of Jesus' healing ministry? Do we pray for people's physical healing? You bet we do. But they're going to die after they're healed, if, if God chooses to heal them. And if they go to hell after having some physical malady, you know, healed, what difference did that make? I mean, that's one split second in all eternity. Our ultimate concern is their place in forever. And so, how do we live the healing ministry of Jesus? We live going. We structure our lives so that grace bumps into to the broken. And, and we live the interests of Jesus, not our own interests. We notice the pain of people. We never walk by the pain of the people around us. We notice it. We enter into it. We, 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 we seek to see the pain and help them see that God sees it and God cares. And we offer hope. The church is the hope of the world and the reason we have hope is Jesus. And so we offer hope. We deal hope. There are people dealing death in this world. No, no, no. We deal hope. God is the God of hope according to Romans fifteen thirteen. And so today what I want you to do is I want you to live Jesus in your broken world. And I want you to be a part of the healing plan of God in, in, in your family, in your world, and beyond. Thank you for joining us today at the Church at Severn Run. 
Please visit our website at severnrun.com for church service information, staff directories, or for prayer requests. And if you're in the D.C. Baltimore area, we'd love to have you join us at 8187 Telegraph Road in Severn, Maryland. We look forward to worshiping with you.